0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Tell you what, God's going to bless you today. He's going to help you. And the main thing is, I want to quote Jeremiah 3.15 again. God said, I'll give you pastors with my heart that will feed you of knowledge and understanding. And the Bible is God talking to us. And God gives gifts and anointings to, to men and women to preach and teach the word of God so you can understand it. And so our whole desire this morning is that we not lose one Christian this summer through backsliding because they we went out to have fun. Amen. I want you to have fun, but I want you to stay safe, I want you to stay fired up while you're having fun. You can have both. How many know that Christians can have fun? And stay spiritual at the same time, and even grow as a matter of fact. But anyway, this book right here is called Building a Supernatural Church. Building a Supernatural Church. Uh, this, this is our, one of our pastor, Dr. Barclay's books he wrote. Matter of fact, if you go to SMTI Bible School this year, it will be one of your textbooks in the church. And Dr. Barclay wrote that book years and years ago. And God, through Jesus, at His Word, wants the church to be supernatural. And what's the church made up of? It's made up of people. So if you're going to have a supernatural church, that means you're going to have supernatural people. And what are supernatural people? That are people with the life of God in them, the anointed God on their lives, that learn to walk in line with the anointing and the Word of God to do supernatural things. Uh, you know, the Lord told me something years ago about the difference between a preacher and a politician. I hope you do know there's a difference between anointed preacher and a politician. Politicians talk a lot, but they don't have an anointing. Matter of fact, some of them's anointing. <laughs> preachers that walk with Jesus talk a lot, but they're anointed. So he says the difference between a preacher and a politician. Preachers release anointing into your life that changes your life. And if a politician happens to be a Christian politician that walks with God, they can be a blessing too. But the main thing is... We, as people, live in earth suits, physical bodies, but the one that lives inside of us, on the inside, is a supernatural person named Jesus. And when we let the Jesus in us have his way, then we're supernatural. You know, a lot of people, and I'll just use the politician thing again, too. Politicians can shake your hand and come into contact with you. You get a believer with anointing in them. Jesus said in Mark 16, among other places, verse 17 and 18, He said, Believers, in the name of Jesus, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's supernatural. And so God is building a supernatural church. And you know, you think about your money even. You know, it's good to give good causes. People give to politicians they want to support, et cetera, et cetera. They give to different needs around the community. But then God told you, Break a tie then. out in the windows of heaven. That money becomes supernatural money. God said, I've the devour because of that money, how you used your money. And so God wants you to be a supernatural people in a supernatural church, to do supernatural things, to supernaturally change the region you live in. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. That's pretty good preaching already. And we're not doing the sermon anyway. That book right there, that book right there is an awesome book by Dr. Barclay. You'd go through there and take a month or two to study it just real slow. Write notes in it, open your Bible, read the scriptures with it, and then see how God could develop you to be that supernatural person. And then for your summer vacation, this is Faith Food Devotions for Summer by Brother Hagen. Faith Food Devotion for Summer by Brother Hagin. And if you go on your vacation, maybe they're good anytime, but carry this with you. And get up every morning on your vacation in a hotel room, in a camper, travel trailer, tent, whatever you're doing. And just a little devotion every day of your Bible. Start your day off with the devotion, the Word of God. And cause your vacation to be supernatural. Amen. And just let God bless you. All right. How many have a Bible with you? Did you bring your Bibles? Or your iPad or your cell phone or something that's got the scriptures in it? Well, hold this up and let's talk about what we have right here. And we've got to really stop and think about what this is. This is not just a book. This is not just, well, that, that's my Bible. This is, when you see what this really is, and you get the revelation of what it really is, you believe it, it'll change your life forever and ever and ever. Say, this is my Bible. This is the holy written Word of God. Given to me by God my Father. To reveal to me the living Word. Jesus Christ, His Son, and my Savior, is the living Word of God. My Bible will show me who Jesus is. I can have everything, absolutely everything, that my Bible says I can have. I can do everything that my Bible says I can do. And I am who the Bible says I am. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My Bible says it. I believe it. That settles it. Amen. Amen. Give your neighbor a high five. Go ahead. Get excited. Amen. 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 I tell you what, we're not, we're not in the dead church, we're in the living church. We get excited about Jesus. We get excited about the Word of God around here. I don't know, I got Alaska on my mind now, fellas. I'm just, <laughs> I'm going up and down that, uh, up and down that Cheetah high I forget exactly what all the words are. My daughter lived right off that highway, about a block. The last place she lived at up there. And I just seen Alaska up and down those roads up there. It's, this lady's from uh, where my daughter lives, where Annie lives up in Alaska, up in North Pole, Alaska. And, Amen. That's, she's here on vacation, so we're preaching on vacation today, so you can be blessed. Amen. But I'm so excited. I'm so excited about Jesus and His Word. I'm so excited to be a spiritual father and a spiritual grandfather. That gets to impact the lives of children. Some of my spiritual children are older than I am. But now that I'm getting older, I, now I'm now actually older than most of my spiritual children, but didn't used to be. But the main thing is, when you're a spiritual dad... Or when you're a physical dad or mom, hopefully you've learned some things about life and you want to help your kids, not get hurt. You want to help your children. So, you know, I just, as I begin to talk today, most everybody here is adults. The kids are in children's church and things. Dads and moms, think about your own children. You don't want your children hurt. You want your children to be prepared for crisis and You've been through things, you know things, you've learned things, you, knows what, you know what works, you know what doesn't work. And so you always try to warn your children, don't go that way, it never turns out good. And you always tell your children, do what I do. If you're walking right, if you're living right, you want your children to follow your example, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And so I want to say this. How can you tell if there's a man of God that's following Christ? Well, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And you see how Christ lived what he did. And so for a spiritual leader, you want somebody, that's number one, going to keep their joy. Going to keep their faith. Somebody that's going to be able to help people, not hurt people. Jesus wasn't to put her down he was a builder-upper. So, if you're going to follow a man or woman of God, you want somebody that builds people up and doesn't put them down all the time. You want somebody that has a song in their heart, has a song in their mouth. You want somebody that when they pray for people, they get results. You want somebody that actually loves people, not just the people that treat them right, but they love people that don't treat them right. Et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know... That's that's the kind of leader I purpose to be, but I'm saying that for you, for your children, for your grandchildren. As you follow a man or woman of God that's living the Bible and doing what's right, then that's what you want your children to do. Amen. Amen. And I can I can tell you this as we look where we're looking at today, it's right not to take a spiritual vacation. By that, what do I mean, I mean take your vacations, enjoy them, but don't take a vacation away from the Holy Spirit and God the Bible. Amen. Amen. We've always enjoyed good vacations. Nobody enjoys a good vacation better than us. I told, I told Phyllis that we, we go up to Alaska sometimes, two or three weeks of time to stay up there. But we get up there, man. First thing we do on Sunday morning, we get to church. And I found out on Wednesday nights, Alaska doesn't have church. Well, I'll tell you what, we went to tried, tried 20 different locations. No churches on, Sunday, on Wednesday nights. You know why? Because up there, they take advantage of the weather. Wintertime, you can't do anything much. Summertime is daylight all the time, so they want to make the most of it. But we we always, always, always stay hooked upright. So anyway, I want to look at our theme verse for 2019. Our theme verse. And we have a theme verse every year. And the way we do that, as the year comes to an end, usually around August, September, October... I start praying, Pastor Dave, we, we, we start thinking for the next year ahead. Lord, what is it you want to focus on in the coming year? What is it, Lord, you want us to major on for the next year? And I know that Pastor Dave and I this year, we prayed together and looked at it for a while. We had the same consensus. We're tired of Christians backsliding. We're tired of seeing people saying things like, Pastor, we're behind you. And you look, you have to get binoculars so far behind, man, you don't know where they're at anymore. You don't see them. Pastor, I'll tell you what, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And then, uh, Pastor, anything I can help you with? Well, then a couple weeks later, I think, well, yeah, I'll tell you what, they said anything they help me with, I'm going to ask them. They come to find out they don't go anymore. (laughs) I thought, wow, you said anything you can help me with, I can sure use the help now. Where are you? But the thing is, forgetting all that part about people helping, we want to help people, but we can't help them if they're not here. So we we, we so we prayed and we looked at this verse here. We thought, man, that's a good verse just to preach this all year long. Let people know. Stay hooked up. Stay hooked up. Stay hooked up. It's for your good. It's for your good. We want to help you. Amen. It's so our theme verse in the Living Bible. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Hebrews 10, verse 25 in the Living Bible says this. Let us not neglect our church meetings, as some people do, but encourage and warn each other. Encourage and warn each other. Can I give can I give you one Bible checklist that tells you if you're backsliding or not? If you are starting to grow cold towards God, instead of from the church family, and you're in Walmart or somewhere else in town, and you see one of the on-fire fanatics from your church there, and you haven't been, and you try to turn your head like you don't see them, try to go the other way because you don't want to be, uh, under what they're going to say to you to encourage you because you're feeling convicted. Guess what? You need to get back in. You need to get going. And so he says, encourage and warn each other if you get offended. Uh, I gotta get to the outline. It's good. But I've seen this too many times. I've seen people as a pastor, I really try to be cautious. I talk to people in public, especially if they've backed off. Because I know, I know how the devil and flesh acts when somebody's backsliding. I'm very cautious. If somebody hadn't been here for a couple months, I'd say to Walmart, Hey, how you doing? I'd be man The place turns red. Flags go up. And I sincerely said, How you doing? Well, when they're backsliding and they know it, they're not living right, they get offended because you ask them how they're doing. But if one of their beer buddies the day before asked them, they'd say, man, let's do that again tonight. <laughs> let's go back out. But if a believer that's walking with God, released the anointing, how you doing All of a sudden, it's none of your business. What are you so nosy about? My business is not your business. Well, people every day ask somebody how they're doing. But what a fellow believer asks somebody that's backsliding how they're doing, they take it as offense. Yeah. Mrs. Pastor said, true that. I don't know what true that means, but I think it's good. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, has anybody, has anybody ever, ever seen that somebody with all you're wanting to do? Cause you're, cause you yourself are walking an eggshell with them too. Cause you don't want to run them away. You want to get them closer. What do you say? Uh, man, you look like a mess. I know how you're doing. You don't come to church, so I, 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 I just, man, I know how miserable your life's gotta be right now. Are you gonna say that? Or you can to say, how you doing? What do you say? Amen. It says, encourage and warn one another, one another. So the Bible tells us, we're supposed to help each other. And so we as believers, when we come to church, you know, sometimes, you know, when people come into church, they, 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 they just went, to, spiritually got run over by a Mack truck. They went through some crisis. They come into church. By the time half a dozen people hug them, good to see you, shake their hands, and things like that, there's anointing all over them already. And so by the time the service starts, then, where the Word of God's coming out, they've already been encouraged and exhorted by fellow believers because there's a bunch of them. Amen. And then by the time they leave, they're refreshed. They're built back up, and they're ready to the world. Amen. And so anyway, our theme verse... He says, God said, let us not neglect our church meetings as some people do, but encourage and warn each other, especially now that the day of his coming back again is drawing near. And so if there's ever a time to be serious about God's house, it's now. Ever a time to be serious about your spiritual family, it's now. And so as we look at these words inspired by the Holy Spirit, I want you to do something. Stop and think of all the people you've known That at one time or another served God and really had a heart for the Lord, but now they're backslid. Well, I know that in this church, I think about that, I can't think about it. There's too many. I've been here 14 years. Out of 14 years, there's hardly ever been a week that we didn't have new people. There's never, ever been a season where we didn't have a lot of people going through membership classes. There's never been a time that we didn't look back over the year at all the new people we had this year, yet a lot of years, when you look at the total that comes, it's the same. Well, if we gained 200 people last year, and we gained 200 people a year before, and 200 people a year before, how come we don't have a 1,000 people here? Because a bunch of people went back. They went back to the world. And so stop to think about it in your own realm of influence where you are. The people you've known that you fellowship with around Christ before, they don't go to church now. They don't serve God now. And they always tell you, you run into the street, if if they're people that are really, 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 I I don't know what word to use, they're really trying to put on a front. They're trying to fake it. Well, before you get to say that, you don't have to say to you, everything's okay, everything's okay, I'm doing good, I'm doing good, everything's fine, God's blessed me. Oh, God bless you, highly favored of God. They start spouting off. And you've already heard the stories going on in their lives, you see what they do, where they live, not that we judge people, but we're a small area, you see people. You know what's going on in their lives. They say those things, but they're walking highly favored of God, they're walking anointed, et cetera, et cetera, they'd be a church of God somewhere. That would be at God's house somewhere doing something. Because when you're walking with God, you don't stay home on Sunday morning. When you're walking with God, you want to be around God's people. Amen. Jesus is the head of the church. Jesus is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Amen. Jesus died for the church. Jesus' blood at his bread we break is for the church for communion. Jesus is a church man. Jesus is the one that set up pastors, teachers, evangelists for the church to teach the church. Jesus did that. And so if you're walking with Jesus, you're going to church. And you know, the thing is, sometimes he does have people in churches. I've been a pastor for a long time. And I know that sometimes Jesus has some people in a church for a season, but then he doesn't lead them out and say, now go back out to the world and live in sin for a few years, but then go to another church. If he leads you out of a church, he's going to lead you to another church. Amen. So what am I doing? I'm a spiritual dad. Matter of fact, I'm a physical dad too. I can have eight children to prove it. Some live in Alaska, some in Orlando, Florida, uh, Indiana, California, Georgia, Afghanistan, grandchildren. You know, I've got kids everywhere, but the thing is, I want to see my kids live long. I don't want them broke. I don't want them always being in the hospital. I don't want my kids always going through divorces getting in wrong sexual relationships. There's only one, by the way, we're not going down the road, but only one sexual relationship counts, a man and a woman with a wedding ring. Amen. Amen. That's called safe sex. But anyway, I want my kids to be blessed. And so as as a spiritual dad, the things we're looking at today, I want to do everything I can to keep you serving God, to keep you walking in the blessing of God, to keep you being where you can be fruitful for Jesus and win people to Him. Amen? And so anyway, this verse here gets us started in that direction. And so, think about those people. And just, 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 just make this commitment. Say this. I will always stay with Jesus in church. I'm never going to backslide. Never going to get cold. I'm going to stay fired up and hot for Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. And so anyway, summertime is always a good time for vacation. But don't take a summer off from church. Don't take a summer off from church. Your life and your loved one's well-being could very well depend on how well prepared you are for the crisis of life. How many have found out that just because you're born again, you belong to Jesus, you're not immune to crisis? Anybody ever found that out? Amen. You know what crises are? That's that's the, the, the Jesus talks about storms of life. Storms of crisis. You know, back where we back where we were at for years, Indiana, uh, back in you know, Oklahoma, the Midwest, they're going through some crisis right now. There's a lot of flooding, tornadoes, and things like that. Uh, you know, I think about when people said, uh, "You're going to back in 2005. You guys are going to California. Uh, rattlesnakes and earthquakes." And I said, well, Indiana, tornadoes and copperheads. <laughs> you know, wherever you go, there's something. But the thing is, we as believers have to know, God gives us the way to victory through the crisis of life. And the closer you walk with Him, the more your faith is built up to deal with the crisis. You know, I think about Pastor Davis' testimony. Crippled leukemia, three and a half. Healed at three and a half. And then... Uh, two years ago, back in 2017, I started getting some bad stuff going on me. It ended up, uh, stage four blood cancer. It ended up, a uh, 99% blockage and a heart attack. But when that stuff started, I'll never forget my son Joe. You know, he's a Marine. I was talking to Joe on the phone through the Marine stuff. And I said, Joe, I said, I got to tell you. I said, I said, I got my faith out there now. I said, uh, I've been diagnosed with stage four blood cancer. And Joe tried to be positive. You know what Joe says, well, you don't have to use David's testimony all the time. Now you have your own. <laughs> this was right at the start of the, of the diagnosis. And I said, well, really, Joe, I don't want my own. I'd rather keep telling David's. <laughs> I mean, didn't that try to be positive, put a positive spin on the whole thing there? Well, I got my testimony now. Amen. But the thing is what I'm saying. I was prepared for that crisis. And then 30-some years later, I was prepared for this crisis. And I'm staying prepared for any crisis that may come our way. And so that's what I say. Follow me as I follow Christ. I want you to be prepared if something knocks on your door. Or the door of your grandchild. Or the door of your child. Whether it's health things, family problems, social problems, whatever it would be you got to always stay prepared. and We're going to show you why. Amen. How many want to learn more and more and more about how to always be prepared? So look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. You know, I, I just so love what we confessed a while ago about our Bible, God talking to us. I'm so grateful that God didn't put us down here just to blindly go through life. And not have a clue what's going on. He tells us exactly and precisely how to live in both worlds at the same time. We all know we're a spirit being. When we got born again, Jesus didn't move into our head. He moved into our heart. You can't see your spirit. But you can see the results of a person that gets born again in their spirit. They change how they live. They change how they talk. They change how they believe. And so we, as believers, have to know we function in the spiritual realm through our prayers, our confessions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We read the Bible, the Bible's alive. Hebrews 4.12 says the Bible's alive and full of power. It's a living thing. And so the living Word gets at our spirit, gives us faith to pray, faith to talk, faith to change things. But we're living in a physical world. And so we have to function in the spiritual world to have effect in this natural world. And so that's what we're looking at. I'm so glad that God did not leave us down here bloody, not know what's going on. You know, there used to be an old religious thing that people used, but it's not at all Bible. God moves in mysterious ways, as wonders to perform. You can't never tell what God might do. Well, the Bible tells you what God wants to do if mankind cooperates with Him. Jesus in Mark chapter 4, Luke chapter 8, Matthew chapter 12 says, give it unto us to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. We're supposed to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. We don't know everything, but God, through his word, by his spirit, will tell us what we do need to know to be able to successfully navigate through life. So we can function in two worlds, but we have to be aware of these two worlds. Ephesians 6, verse 10, says this. Finally, my brethren, be strong with everything you can do. Be strong in your own strength. If you set your mind to it, you can do it. He says, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. And in the power of His might. And so what that means to me is this. As a believer, if you want to live in victory, it's a Bible requirement that you stay strong in the Word and in the power of the Holy Ghost. Strong in the Word. How many know John chapter 1 says Jesus is the Word? Verse 14 of John chapter 1 says the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And so you cannot stay strong in the Lord if you don't stay strong in the Word. Jesus and His Word are one and the same. So to the degree that you stay connected to your study of the Word, sitting under the Word... Learning the Word, that's to the degree of your spiritual strength. Romans ten seventeen: Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And so this requirement right here in Ephesians 6, 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Word. Well, since faith comes by hearing the Word, can we say, Finally, my brethren, be strong in hearing the Word. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word. And so, little hearing little strength. Much hearing, strength. You can tell a person that's strong in the Word by listening to him pray. They don't pray Mickey Mouse Donald Duck prayers. They don't pray nursery rhymes. When they pray, well, I'll tell you what, they're like those two preachers. Uh, how, how many know what Psalms 23 starts off saying? The Lord is my shepherd. Anybody ever heard the 23rd Psalm? you ever been to a funeral? Well, if you have, you've heard that Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. Well, there was an old theological, all kinds of DDTs and MITs and DDIs on his wall, you know, the whole plaque and 10,000 books in his bookcases and all the different things, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, an old religious guy. And he got up in front of a big congregation of people, put all of his theological words on and his elegance, as he began to say, The Lord is my shepherd. People started going to sleep. And then, to that same crowd, a young preacher got up there, that said, the Lord is my shepherd, and the glory God fell. People got healed because the Lord really was his shepherd. Amen. It's the same thing with a believer. When the Lord's your shepherd, you spend time with the shepherd. As you spend time with the shepherd, that means an open Bible and an open heart. And when you do, it doesn't make any difference you've even been through the 10th grade. Or you've been through college. It's not the education. It's the Word of God in your heart and in your life. And that's what caused you to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Amen? Amen. Give the Lord a shout. <laughs> Amen. And, and in the Holy Ghost. And so, stay in church this summer. I'm waiting for a flip. Oh, that's the screen. Oh, on the Bible. Okay. Stay in church this summer. We want you to stay strong in the Lord to the powers of might. Stay in church this summer. And then I want you to notice verse 11 and verse 12. And here's what I'm talking about this spiritual realm you've got to see. If this wasn't in the Bible, then we'd be walking through life blindly not know what's going on. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil of the devil. The devil is just as real as Jesus. The wiles of the devil. God has plans. The devil has plans. Wiles means schemes, plans, etc. Hold your place there and look at Luke 4.13. I'm going to show you something. Then we'll jump right back into this. I want you to look at Luke 4.13. And this is another verse you need to know in the Bible because it's been used against you by the devil over and over again. All your Christian life. And once you become aware of this verse, that knowledge acted upon brings results. You need to be aware of this. And so everybody knows, if you're a Christian, that Jesus went through those temptations. And Jesus resisted the devil and told him, It is written, it is written, Get thee behind me, Satan. It is written. And so it says then in verse 13 of Luke chapter 4, When the devil had ended all the temptation... He departed from him for a season. He departed from him for a season. And so Satan is an eternal being. His eternity is going to end up in the lake of fire forever and ever and ever and ever. That's where he's going to end up at. But right now we're going to see the Word of God. He's on the earth. He has schemes and strategies. And so it says that Jesus resisted him. But it says Satan departed for a season. So that means Jesus had to resist as long as he was on earth. You ever heard the say what uh, goes around, comes around, comes around, goes around, whatever it is, it cycles. Have you ever noticed Christians deliver from alcohol? If they don't stay strong with Jesus in church hooked up, they go back to alcohol. You ever notice that the Christians come in testifying free and all that kind of stuff? Uh, Lawrence had out the hospital with his baby this morning. But I like what Lawrence said. When Lawrence came here, Lawrence had been to all the uh, AAs, NAs, AA's, and A's and all the A's. And he all he he went through the twelve steps, the twenty-two, the thirteen, and sixteen, and all the different steps like that. And he was going through three or four help groups, and he started coming in for counseling. And so he come in to see me every Friday morning. We sit down. After about three or four weeks, I didn't tell him to hook him from all the double AA's and everything. He came in he said, You know what, Pastor? He said, I keep going back every week, taking the same steps over again. But I found out I already took the one step I've received Jesus. I'm going to quit taking all those steps. So I was going to walk with Jesus. And so I've been at the church all these years and he reads the Word of God, and the Word of God says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So as he reads his Bible, he keeps saying the next step to take. And so he takes those steps in life. And so what I've said is this that Satan comes around on a regular basis to check you out again, see if you'll fall again. If a person has been trapped in pornography, and you resist the devil, he'll find some way to flash it back in front of you again, try to get you to go back again. If you've been delivered from being a gossip, and you got the revelation of God's Word, it's wrong to talk about people. He said, let no edified words come out of your mouth. If you can't talk good, don't talk at all. And you get delivered. But all of a sudden, you start missing a little church. next thing you know, the devil sent somebody across your way throw a juicy piece at you. And, man, you grab a hold of that like a dog on a bone. Think, man, I can't wait to talk about these people. Man, you talk about hypocrites. I tell you, those people go to church, they think they're so holy. Blah, 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 blah. Man, you're in worse shape than those people ever been because you're talking about them. But have you ever noticed whatever people's delivered from? If they don't stay hooked up and connected, they go back for it again. That's because Satan comes back for an opportune time, and we're going to see this more and more in the Word of God. So back to Ephesians chapter six, then it says this: the wiles of the devils. So that tells you there is a devil, and he does have schemes. It says, "For we wrestle not against flesh and blood." That means that your battle's not with people, not Democrats, not Republicans, not a Hillary, not a Trump, not an Obama, not a Bush. Amen. Your enemy's not a boss. Your enemy's not an employee. Your enemy's not your next-door neighbor. says, he rest not flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. The rulers of the darkness of this world, they get spiritual witness in high places. And so what that tells you is this. You know, I don't want to get deep into things, but I've been pastoring for lots and lots of years, walked with Jesus for lots of years, and uh, I, don't, I don't want to get down the road too deep. But that's talking about rank and file army of Satan. Principalities is the lowest level of demons there are. That's little old demons... Just like flies everywhere. That's the one where you see a little cartoon on TV the devil gets on this shoulder and the angel gets on this shoulder and whispers in your ear. Married man, don't she look good? Not talking about your wife. Or somebody's getting ready to drink a Coldman. You're delivered from alcohol. Boy, wouldn't a Coldman taste good? That's that little principality up there whispering in your ear. Or. How about a puff or a toad or whatever they call it? Wouldn't that be good? Oh, man, I'll tell you what, I just need to get a buzz on. Well, that's that little thing getting on your shoulder, talking to you first person, making you think that you're thinking that. That is in Powers Powers is a little higher level of demon. Suppose the darkness of this world are getting up there in the echelon of authority of the demon realm. And then the spiritual wickedness in high places, that's the demon spirits that hoover above regions of the earth. That's why you get, you get into one, you'll get into one city. I used to be a truck driver a long time ago, and I could pick up on things. When I come to a city. You'd be driving through one neighborhood, one area of a city, and all of a sudden you just feel threatened. You feel like, man, I've got to lock the doors of this truck. This is a big truck, and I can run over people, get out of here fast. But I just feel, man, I just don't feel safe here. You ever been around a place like that, you just don't feel safe? That's caused the, that spiritual weakness in high places. And then some place you get to, all of a sudden you see X-rated movie things all over the place. All the buildings got X-rated things all over the men's club, boys' club, little girls' club, all those kind of nasty things like that. Well, there's pornographic spirits over that city to control that place. Or you get to other places, all of a sudden you just feel really good. Think, man, I just feel really good here. And all of a sudden you see Christian church, Christian church. Christian church, because believers have taken authority over that region and the Holy Spirit's allowed to be there. And so, what am I saying that for? The Word of God says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord because there's principalities, powers, rules, of darkness, world, spiritual weakness, and high places out there, and you cannot combat them with flesh and blood. You know, uh, Gloria Culper said something years ago that I like. said, You cannot combat thoughts with thoughts, you've got to use words you got to speak words out there. And you know, if it was just us and Jesus in this world, we'd never have a problem. You know, sometimes, and because because I understand spiritual things, I don't, sometimes I'm tempted to respond this way to things, but I don't anymore, I haven't for years, but so many Christians, when they see the evil going on, just had the bad thing happen uh, in, in Virginia a couple of days ago. How could people do such a thing? Spiritual wickedness in high places, principalities and powers, rules of darkness in this world. Well, how could people believe that? It's obvious it's obvious that politicians lying that's not what's happening at all. There's lying spirits out there that get people, good Christian people, to believe lies. You know well, I don 't know what happened yesterday, my boss loved me. How would it work today? And all of a sudden, my boss is being mean to me. My boss is doing this. I wonder why they're acting that way. There's things going on there that you can't see with your physical eyes. Amen. And so there's a spiritual warfare going on. And you've got to understand these things. If you don't understand these things, you'll never win in life. You've got to understand it's not just you and Jesus got a good thing going. You and Jesus got a good thing going if you keep going with Jesus. And recognize what's going on around you. Amen? And so anyway, we're looking about why you've got to stay connected and be faithful to your spiritual family. And so Satan has an organized army of demons. And God has a good plan for your life. And a big part of God's plan for your life is to stay connected to your pastor and church family. I want to say this again. Satan has a plan to destroy your life. God has a better plan for your life to have victory. And a big part of God's plan is to stay connected to your pastor church family. Now, listen to this. God's written word gives a general outline for all mankind to live by. How many know that's the will of God for all to be saved? Bible says so. That's the written word of God. God said he so loved the world. It didn't say God so loved Christians. It didn't say God so loved America. God so loved all the people of the world, no matter what nation, no matter what race, no matter what religion has dominated that country. God wants people to come to the knowledge, saving knowledge of His Lord, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's God's general plan. And then, so as, as, as you study the written word, you learn the general plan. But as you stay close to Jesus in prayer, in church attendance he studied study the Bible. He'll speak to your heart his specific plan for your life. I'm a pastor. Sometimes I think I ought to call a pastor a pester. But if we don't pester people, how can we help people? The Lord just put something in my heart, so I'm going to say this. I just made the statement there. As you walk close with Jesus, in fellowship in the Word with him. Staying hooked up in church where there's anointing, where his presence is strong, and in having prayer time with him, you won't marry the wrong person. If you want to know how come there's so many Christian divorces, because people aren't staying in fellowship with Jesus to find out his plan for who they're supposed to marry. You know one of the most grievous things a pastor can hear if I want to get married? Well, they really got a good job, but there's a good future with them. Do they serve a good God? Or do they don't serve God? Well, I'm going to win them to the Lord. If you can't win them to the Lord before you marry Him, honey, you're going to get a whole lot worse after you marry Him. You're not going to pull them up. They're going to pull you down. Wow. I don't know. Jesus said, don't look at their faces. Okay. (laughs) I want to help you. You know, somebody somebody said so many times, these bunny trails, if you don't get all your blanks filled in, ask Mrs. Pastor. She printed the outline up. Ask Pastor Dave. He put it for the screen. They'll give you all the blanks. Okay. You want to know how how come so many Christians... Walk away from that good job that God gave them? Because they made that job. Oh man, pastor, I'll tell you what, the money and the benefits. Well, what did Jesus put in your heart to do about this? Is that where he wanted you? Oh, the money and the benefits. Oh, I'll tell you what, man, I'm going to knock off 80 grand this year. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Oh, God gave me that job. How come then, every two months, you're up here holding my hands Pastor, agreed me. I'm going to get this job. Wait a minute! I thought that one he gave you two months ago is what we agreed on. Oh man, that boss, that boss was a blankety 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 blank. I said, oh, well, what that was about the boss two months before that, that other one? Well, yeah. I just don't have no luck with bosses. I thought, oh. wow, that's the same person that don't have any luck with the wife, or the husband, or your relationships. You know why? Because they're not walking close to Jesus. in Bible study. It's sitting in church services. And in fellowship with Him. Because what you do, God will give you His plan. Let me tell you something about that plan now. When you, in your heart, have really walked close to Jesus, and you know He gave you that mate, when crisis comes, you and that make it, hold hands together and make it through. Nobody's never been married for 50 years that didn't have one problem at least in 50 years. Nobody's ever been on the same job for 30 years that didn't have a week or two that didn't want to go back in again. That when you know in your heart that God put you on that job, that it's no longer a job, it's a mission field. It's a joy to go into. And even if the time when it's not a joy, you can go in singing the song to Jesus all the way in. And you can praise Him all through the day and come out again and just keep on serving Him. And so what I've been doing, as a pastor, I'm talking to you how to win in life and how to succeed. But the key to it all is standing in church under the anointing. And then when you go home, reading your own Bibles and praying, amen. Because there's a warfare going on. Satan has a plan to separate you from your pastor and church family. And then, listen, I want to tell you something else. He wants to separate you. and I'm going to, I'm going to throw some things in there. I wrote down this morning as I was going over again looking at that. His plan is to, number one, get you to grow cold towards God. Has anybody ever noticed when you come to church, sit under your pastor... Whoever's bringing the Word of God, would you come in here and worship God? Have you ever noticed you don't get depressed, you get more joy? Amen. Have you ever noticed when you come to a good church service, you don't lose faith, you get more faith? Hey, man, have you ever noticed that if you come in depressed, you leave with joy? You never come in with joy and leave depressed thinking, man, I wish I didn't go today. Well, I tell you what, I, I could have done so much better watching the goofy, 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 goofy. Or do the ping, 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 bing, zing, zing. Like that. Amen. You come to church, you get joy. And so, get the revelation. God's not the one that tries to pull you out of church. He's drawn you into church. Satan's the one that wants to separate you. Remember this. It said, beware of the wiles of the devil, the schemes of the devil, the plans of the devil. The devil knows when people come into a church that teaches the Bible, come into a church where people are living right. I didn't say perfect. The pastor's not perfect. Nobody else is. We don't get that mistaken. We're talking about people that live right. And if we make mistakes, we say, Jesus, forgive me. I want to do right. Help me do better, Jesus. You get around people like that, the devil hates them. When you come into a church that sings about the blood of Jesus, that takes Holy Communion and believes in what they're doing, believes in the blood of Jesus. Satan's thinking, what can I do now to pull them out? What can I do to pull them out? Okay. Uh, I know that most of the people I know believe that you ought to be able to marry who you want to, no matter what the Bible says. Now, this pastor today, he didn't teach the whole sermon about marriages, but he talked about marriage between a man and a wife. Well, I think the Bible was old. And we're living in modern times, so I think people will be able to marry who they want to and how they want to and do what they want to. But this pastor says that. Well, the Bible says that. And so Satan then would want people to hear what the Bible says. That's contrary to what they say. say, okay, well, can't go there anymore. Mark that and off my list. What's he doing? He wants to separate you from somebody teaching the Word of God. Separate you from the anointing of God. Separating you from the plan of God for your life—that's his scheme. It's called a scheme, started called a strategy. But then you know what? Remember Luke four thirteen? Looks for more opportune time. Will come back and try it again. You look a lot of people like that. They've got a church history. Then they go for a while till they hear something they don't like, and then they're out of here. And so you got you got you got to just learn to resist. So we better keep moving to having too many bunch. Number one, once you grow told, cold towards God. Number two, now listen to this. And if this is steps on your toes, then wake up. He wants you to love hanging out with non-believers more than Christians. If you find yourself, you'd rather hang out with people that don't even go to church that aren't Christians than you would Christians, you better start checking yourself out. And then number three, Pastor Dave hit this morning in Hebrews. He wants you to lose your salvation so you can go to hell with him. That's his scheme. That's his plan. John 10.10. I'm going to move kind of quick now to close this up because we're moving right along. John 10.10. Jesus said, the thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. He said, I've come that they might have life. And that they might have it more abundantly. I like the last part of that verse. The Amplified says. I came that they may have and enjoy life. That would include your vacation. And have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That's what's biblical. To have the happiest vacations of anybody you know. And yet stay spiritually strong. How to enjoy. Your best summer ever. And to me. I wrote this down as one of my thoughts about my life. To me, a great vacation is where money's no object. How many want a vacation where money's no object? Go where we really want to go, not where we can just afford to go. Isn't that a great vacation? To go where you really want to go, and then do what you really want to do when you get there? Jesus said he wants us to have an enjoy life in abundance till it overflows. And so, A vacation where there's no strife, no sickness, no airplane, or car trouble. Plane connections are right, car does perfect, no breakdowns, no sickness. To me, that's the kind of vacation God wants. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, verse 9. This is in the Bible. This is God talking to us about what's going on around us. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Uh, men's meeting too bad. We didn't have that on tape yesterday. We hit all these verses yesterday. But uh, the devil walks around seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9 is your part. Who resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren, that are in the world. Your brethren that are in the world. And so the devil never takes time off from trying to destroy your life and family. Whether you're on vacation or whether you just live in the hometown, just being at home all the time, the devil's out there to see what he can do to try to wreck your life. Stay in church this summer. Stay in church this summer. And so, unless you're going all summer... Don't get out of the habit and the routine of coming to multiple services, lift groups, men's meetings, women's meetings. If you're gone, listen to the iPods. Is that what they're called? Podcast. Listen to the podcast. Ha, ha, ha. I want to see if your Bible's listed. That was just a test. (laughs) Listen to the podcast if you're out there. Verse 9, though, what I want to get to. He said these things, these attacks of the enemy are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Years ago, the Lord told me this about this verse. There's two kinds of Christians. You're either in the world or you're in the Word. In the world or in the Word. Resist steadfast in the faith. And so, one more time on what the faith is. Cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. You're resisting steadfast by hearing the Word of God. Resisting steadfast by speaking the Word of God. Resisting steadfast by acting on the Word of God. It says, if the devils around, walk around as a roaring light seeking to make fire, he said, you will get the victory if you resist him steadfast, consistently, by hearing the Word, speaking the Word, etc. So that means you have to stay under the Word. And so that part there, is for you in the word, in the world. I'm going to sk- skip past the James 4 verse 7 and 8. That tells you resist him, you'll flee from it. But I want to close Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. Keep it in mind. As a parent, you found out what works and what doesn't work. And so you want your children to do good. So you tell them. And as a pastor, as a believer, as a fellow Christian, as a spiritual parent, I want to tell you one of the most important things you need to do as a believer while you're on vacation to keep yourself covered and enjoy your vacation. Malachi 3, verse 10 and 11, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. proving out now here, where saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing there should not be enough to receive it, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. He shall not destroy your vacation. He shall not destroy what I have planned for you out there on your vacation. That's the fruit of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast a fruit before the time of the field saith the Lord of hosts. Keep the windows of heaven open on your summer vacations. Cletus preached this really well yesterday. Chuck preached it. Dave McNeil preached it. Jesse preached it. I mean, all the guys preached this yesterday at our men's meeting. I just sit there being quiet. One said a word. They was all preaching. us, thought, man, you guys are getting in tomorrow morning's message. And so the whole thing is, for your vacation to start off right, to stay right, to end right. Don't forget God's house. Don't forget the covenant of God. Don't tie God's hands from you to the fire. Keep the windows of heaven open. And God will bless your vacation. Verse 12 is what God wants. All nations shall call you blessed. For you shall be a delightsome land because the windows of heaven are open on your life. Make this the most blessed summer you've ever had. Stay faithful to Jesus and your church family all summer. I'll tell you what, this could be the best vacation year you've ever had. Amen. Stay hooked up. Stay faithful. And I just believe it as a spiritual father that you guys are going to have an awesome year this year because you understand spiritual things. Satan wants to separate you from your family. Jesus wants to bring you closer to your family. Stay close, stay blessed, get separated, and like a sniper in warfare, just back there, bing, 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 picking off the Christians that are by themselves one at a time. Stay with your troops. Amen, amen. Let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.